Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force, Quotes of the Force. We're just going to say things from the movies. No, Q stands for Questions, Questions of the Force. We are excited to answer your cues with some of our A's. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Navsack, but I, I actually like this idea. What if we just did Quotes of the Force, and we don't rank them, explain them, we just read, <laughs> just quotes for like an hour. Uh, we just say i love democracy yeah. okay moving on next one yeah <laughs> i think that'd be great <laughs> uh, very excited for that looking for our brand new show we can't stop doing new shows uh that one 
that that's maybe a one-off special more on that in the future for yeah. today we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player that's a lot to choose from so hey how about mm-hmm. choosing this one battle scars by sam meggs ken is actively reading this book by the time we release this episode i will actively be actually reading this book we've really fallen behind on uh, on some of our book discussion but we're excited to discuss this one and we'll be discussing it very soon so if you want to give it a listen first you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center one more time that's audibletrial.com slash force center for a free audiobook but we have still more a's take it away ken Yes, we have a current ask. We're, our ask is to hey, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash center. We recently achieved some big, wonderful things because of all of you. We did a live Star Wars ranked episode exclusively uh, live for our patrons, but then it's going to be uh, live to the public in just a couple of days here. We hit our big goal with Jennifer Landa reworking some of her past episodes of Jedi Beat and Happy Beeps into a new series uh, where we'll take the audio and kind of make a wonderful NPR-style NPR doc on our YouTube channel there. And we've had the Raiders, uh, well, excuse me, Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast uh, thing going here, but the next episode is coming. The Raiders of the Lost Ark discussion. We're going to release that on Monday, May 1st, and that's Patreon exclusive as, exclusive as well. And then we'll go public after Dial of Destiny. So that is where we're going. It's our current ask to check it out. And and Joseph, I, I think we can announce now that we do have another another little goal, right? We've got one, we got one floating around. We're going to put it out there. Yeah, yeah. No more floating. We're going to pin that down and release it. That's uh, a bad mixture of images. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Here it is. Uh, uh, we pinned it down in discussion. Now it's going to fly. It's going to fly. Uh, it is uh, that we had so much fun doing the Star Wars ranked live stream where we talked about uh, favorite uh, scenes from the sequel trilogy. We're going to do another live stream to patrons, then available to everybody else, a Star Wars ranked. Our new goal is uh, at uh, $2,200 a month. We're going to do another one of those and those details are uh, up now on our patreon i say predicting the future from a couple days i'm gonna get it up there on our patreon and it will be true that it's up there on our patreon uh, by the time you're listening to this episode another time travel episode uh recording uh early and releasing later in the week yes that's it so check out patreon.com slash that's our current ask Excellent. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to add an I, uh, info. Uh, We've got Qs, we've got As, we've now got I, informational. Uh, We are doing this week another Q&A live stream uh, open to uh, absolutely everybody, the entire world. Uh, That is Friday, April 28th, 2 p.m. Pacific. We've been having so much fun doing these uh, every month. Uh, We're going to have some general Star Wars Q&A hangout. We'll talk about all the different news from Star Wars Celebration, all the news that is coming. I'm sure uh, Carrie Fisher's uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Can't wait to read more about it and hear uh, where it's coming and uh, how close it is to my apartment so I can go walk by it. Mm. Uh, We'll be discussing all that stuff. And then we're also having fun with uh, Other Center where we talk about uh, some Star Wars adjacent stuff. So we're going to open it up to talk a little bit about our experiences traveling. And we love hearing from people who live in some of the places uh, that we got to visit. Uh, We love hearing from Mm. people who live in other places. And, and hearing people's perspective on on travel. So we thought it'd be fun to spend a little chunk of the podcast or, or the live stream rather on that as well. So if you are up for that, join us Friday, April 28th, 2 p.m. Pacific. Indeed. A lot of fun. A lot of fun to get there. 
All right, we are now heading into those cues. We have four questions, two from Twitter, two from our patrons on Patreon, as always, and we're going first to Twitter. And Daniel Zarlik, Daniel says, Hi, FC friends. With the announcement of Filoni's movie, it's a safe bet that Ahsoka will show up, meaning she survives her show. But will she survive the movie? How likely is it we witness Ahsoka's final fate on screen? Could it be the story Dave has in mind for years? Thank you. Thank you for the great question, Daniel. Um, Ken, I'm going to start here. Um, I respect everybody having having uh, different opinions, different perspectives. I, I'm not even sure it's a... It, it, for me, it's a safe bet that Ahsoka's in the movie. I, mm-hmm. it, it would be like my 90% guess, but mm-hmm. if somebody's like put money on it, I'd be like, I don't know if I'm that sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only bet that is entirely safe from my opinion about Filoni's movie is that it's what he announced. It's a conflict between the New Republic and an Imperial Remnant. It is in some deeply undefined way, mm-hmm. a culmination of storytelling in the Mandoverse. And I think because those are the the only two things that we know about it, we're so wide open for speculation. So it makes Mm -hmm. a huge amount of sense. I agree with Daniel that it makes a ton of sense that Ahsoka would be in it. Maybe Ahsoka is the main character, but I'm, I'm so concerned about all of us spiraling into assumption land Mm -hmm. that I question even that if, if, is it guaranteed that Ahsoka is in the movie? Where are you at with that part of it? And then we'll get to the heart of Daniel's great question. So as far as Ahsoka in the movie, I'm I'm right there with you where it's yeah, that's a that's a good bet. It makes a lot of sense. Uh but we're far out from it. And I I'm I'm jumping all around the map here because I, I do Ahsoka's final fate is something I definitely see Dave wanting to be in control of, right? Yes. <laughs> we'll talk more about that. I, that doesn't seem like the right spot for it, that movie. But again, we don't know. We're far out from it. Um, but I do see her in there. And also, I, I, yeah, I, you even have kind of Rosario Dawson campaigning for a season two and comments or some mm-hmm. high energy stuff. So I, I think it's a good bet she survives the show. Um, I think. But I think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You could go back in time. <laughs> There's so much it's, it's at play with this character. So anyways, uh, yes, if, if you're telling me right now, put money down. Yes, I think she'll be in the movie. You think she's in? She's in the the mysterious uh, New Republic Imperial Remnant um, Mandoverse yeah. film. Yeah, but you just said about her being like you, you didn't say like she's the lead, and that's your prediction. But like that's a possibility. Um, that I don't see. That you I don't. don't see. Okay, I don't. Maybe I don't know. The problem is, is the floating <laughs> the wild card up, and it's funny. One of the things we were recording this on a day where we did our news episode, and we missed one of the other announcements. That this confirmation that's not a surprise at all. That that for the Ahsoka series, Floney's the credited writer on every episode. That's not a surprise for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons. One of them is that this is a character he's um, famously and infamously, depending on conversations he have in the city, uh, in uh, control of his character, as I think he should be. Mm-hmm. This is a this is someone, someone, a character near and dear to his career and heart. Makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Um, so he, yeah. Ah, this got Daniel. This is tougher than I thought. I'm going all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, like I said, I, I think Ahsoka being in the movie is is a, a pretty safe bet, as as Daniel is saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm also just feeling so overly cautious about this film because I just feel like people have heard the bits and pieces and hear that it, well, it is Air yeah. the Empire. That's what it is. Or, yep, it, it, it is. It, Din, Grogu, and Ahsoka are the main characters. Yep, for sure. And like, 
none of those things have been said. So I think I'm just on high alert of wanting to speculate super duper uber responsibly about this one mm-hmm. until we know more about it. I think that's where I'm in. That's where I'm struggling to find the right words with you. Yeah. All Daniel's got some great stuff here. I want to talk about even more, but like, mm-hmm. I, I just, that movie has already got a, a, a reputation for something that hasn't said it's going to be. Uh, and that's right. not what Daniel's asking, but I, yeah. So I'm already finding myself pumping brakes. And, yeah. Um, is it some, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree with you. We were both slamming on the brakes of our car, yeah. which we will be able to talk about our cars <laughs> later. Cause we have a question about that. Uh, yeah. All right, Daniel, thank you. This question is really uh, fun. I want to get to the heart of what Daniel is actually uh, asking, which is uh, uh, about Ahsoka's fate and where will we see it? When will we see it? Um, I think my, my guess, my speculation hopefully responsible is that Ahsoka absolutely survives uh, this first mm-hmm. season. Um, I think yeah. there has been uh talk from Ozero Dawson uh, and somewhere else. I, I don't remember where of, mm, we got to see how Ahsoka goes and if there'll be a season two. So I really think that Filoni has an Ahsoka end game in mind. And I think he's had it in mind for years. I think the question of, when and how that story happens is murky. Is there a second mm-hmm. season of Ahsoka? Is yeah. Ahsoka in uh, his movie? Is she the star of his movie? Is that the best place for her fate? Uh, right. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Mm. Is it? Yeah. The, or mm-hmm. is there even? A, a, I mean, I think Filoni. Mm-hmm. I I think he has an end game in mind, and I think he also never ever wants. <laughs> to stop telling Ahsoka stories. So <laughs> there's that part of me of like, it, it did, whenever it happens, is it there are two seasons of this Ahsoka show? Then this movie comes out. Then there is, we jump 15 years in the future and it's the final fate of Ahsoka is season three. But there's room to do a prequel. Like, uh, I, I both feel like the end game is known and is being built to, but also being held off. Mm. Mm. What do you think about that? The being held off uh, is interesting. I don't. It goes to, like we know the the um, we know the rise of Skywalker ending hangs over a lot of it, right? Like the the voice. But even Dave's he's fought against that already. Mm-hmm. Like hmm, you don't know. You don't know if she's dead. She could have just been hanging out there next. Well, I don't. Who knows? So I, I and I think it's a little bit of a, of a, of a cheeky thing. Um, I, I, I why would you want to plan an ending? In terms of her character's fate, which, by the way, I think is just an ending of of one journey of her life in the beginning of another, right? So maybe mm-hmm. that's also the answer too. Is you could also get the Mortis movie. I don't know. Like I don't know. Yeah. I, and I don't, I'm not saying with any of this to, with snark towards Filoni, um, but what w- I I would not at this particular point want to say. Yeah, I got a I got an ending for her character. I want to get to because why stop? Why stop? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think I'm I'm, I'm confused over. It. I, I want I want to see the ending. I wanted to see the story that goes from a complete beginning Clone Wars to to her ending, which really again would be more of a transition to the next phase. Um, I do want to see it. Your point about I don't this next this movie might not be the best spot is what something I really agree with. Where yeah. like Ahsoka season one comes along, then he goes and concentrates on the rest of Mando and the movie and Skulls and Crew and all that kind of stuff and help him get that right. And then the movie comes out and then maybe Ahsoka two comes on later on. And that is mm. different character, different time and different point of her, her journey. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me structurally that the hope 
for season two would take place after the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't know when that movie's coming out. We know that unless unless Disney makes a change, they've talked about Mandalorian season four. It's written. They've mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. planning it. Skeleton crew is going to play in. Ahsoka is going to play in. Like we got a little bit of the story building uh, mm-hmm. before we hit that movie. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, what if what if Ahsoka it features prominently in the film, uh, but it isn't necessarily her journey, and then we have a second season of Ahsoka that is her right. journey. Right. Yeah. I, I really do think I know that the Mortis thing can become a joke of like, yeah, Zoka's going to Mortis. Um, but I do think that whatever her journey is, is something on the more mystical, elusive side of the force. Uh, yeah. The Mortis thing to me is one of those fan theories that's built, that is built off of actual clues from the text. Um, mm-hmm. The the fact that uh, Ahsoka was brought back to life by the daughter and uh, the 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 mystical sign uh, of Moray uh, being mm-hmm. followed by by the bird that's always there. Um, Filoni himself, in a lot of his Force related storytelling, is very interested in the mystical, elusive side of the Force. That is, yeah, so magical it can we can perceive parts of it. We can not. It, it's never going to be fully understood because it is sort of larger than uh, uh, mortal comprehension. It's it's meaningful, uh, but everything with Mortis, um, with the world between worlds, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that in the Ahsoka trailer, she seems to be facing off against a red-orange blade man, <laughs> uh, right. Balin, right? Um, in some sort of mystical space with symbols similar to Mortis and the world between worlds. Maybe so. Maybe it is Ahsoka going to Mortis. Maybe it is Ahsoka evolving into something like the Bendu. Maybe it is Ahsoka creating another space that is mm-hmm. uh, a, a, another access point into into the Force. That is a new temple. Um, that is her spirit herself. Um, I just think we're heading to something of that ilk. I don't think Ahsoka's end is. And I, I sacrifice myself like Kanan or Obi-Wan and, and become, or Ben and, and become a force spirit. I, I think there's something bigger and more mystical, which is to me that question of is the movie the right place for that? If it's yeah. sort of to understand what happened to Ahsoka, you got to watch <laughs> uh, this arc with Yoda. You got to watch World Between Worlds. You got to watch Ben, you know, yeah. if, it's, if it's like that, is the movie yeah. the right place for it? Yeah, well, because it's it's that that movie is is to me it's 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 about the New Republic era, and in way, anyways, in many ways, I know it's this climactic event, but I, I still see it as almost the start of New Republic era storytelling. Meaning that if that movie works, or you're putting it you're putting it together, and you're like, we got a lot of story to tell. You know, you you, you me and Jen talked on on, on Tuesday about you know. They they got one movie and then maybe we'll see if those movies work and they'll announce more, right? This isn't the era of announcing trilogies. Uh, so that's why I see that movie is, is potentially the beginning of, of even mm. more storytelling, mm. uh, even though it's the, it's a climactic event here, Thrawn, whatever you might want to say, there's still a lot of things to talk about there. And that's why I, I'm with you. I don't think that movie's a spot to, to, to end Ahsoka or transition her to something else, but I do really agree with you. For all the the nuts and bolts, pew pew pew, fun that Filoni brings, the the depth and the spiritual stuff is 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 perhaps the strongest stuff he he helps bring and carries on from George's legacy. So, 
That voice in Rise of Skywalker might have been at Ahsoka Tano's House of Force Ghosts, a club she starts where it's a different than She's Alive or a different version of it there. I do believe something else is going to happen. Your bet, your your new sort of Bendu idea, or that, that's interesting. Yeah, um, like not literally becoming the Bendu, but but, but yeah, yeah, evolving yeah. into some some creature like that, or like that. That's even the history of the Mortis gods that they right. were too powerful to walk in, in the in the normal galaxy and set themselves yeah. apart. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that kind of ending makes sense to me for Ahsoka because I think with all the storytelling, all the growth at the end of the day, I think she is a symbol of the the true Jedi spirit stripped down to its core of help people. Mm-hmm. And I really think whatever her ending is, it, it's that's the spirit that's going to be celebrated. So mm-hmm. her voice echoing across some metaphysical plane, uh, her to to Ray makes perfect sense to me in Rise of Skywalker. Indeed. Yeah. And I here's the thing, uh, Daniel, I think we'll get a sense pretty early on with that show. Yep. Yep. I think the the Ahsoka show is going to answer a lot of these questions partially just cuz Ahsoka's current timeline is <laughs> uh, uh deeply unresolved right now of, of when does she do what from the bits we've seen her after mm-hmm. she travels back to that portal in in world between worlds and she's she's back on malachor but uh what time is it how long does she spend on malachor mm-hmm. when does her appearance at the end of rebels happen in her appearances in mandalorian her appearances book of boba fett are they in any sort of order all that's gonna i think begin to be straightened out by that first season yeah and i don't do the frame by frame viewing as much as i used in the past i, I leave it to experts like alex damon and but like that trailer alone the hairstyles gray robes versus white robes there's a lot of questions to go frame by frame over on <laughs> timelines in that movie and, and what we're getting to that uh, show yeah. similar shots of, of ships coming and going uh that were featured in rebels yeah, yeah. all yeah. sorts of stuff great question daniel i think at, at the end of the day um i think that uh, great great likelihood that ahsoka is in the film but when i uh, keep my options open uh, I just, I just don't feel like the film is the right place for the final fate, though. No, I'm, I, I agree with that. That's right now. And watch us be entirely incorrect. That mm-hmm. would be fun too. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to move on to our ne- next question from uh, Jonathan Steele. Flex. Uh, Jonathan says, "Good morrow, friends of the Force. All over the internet, we see questions like who would win between Prime Blank or Prime Blank. However, due to Order sixty six and other bad guy doing bad stuff scenarios." Cutting short many people's lives, uh, many had not reached their prime. My question is, who in the canon galaxy of Star Wars do you believe has had reached their potential prime? I think this is a difficult yet fun question to think about. For instance, I don't believe Anakin was ever in his prime for as powerful and skilled as he was uh, becoming Vader. uh, I feel lessened his chance at ever hitting his peak. Luke, on the other hand, uh, at least from what we know of as of now, has had much time to study throughout the movies, then gaps between them. So I think he may have been closer to attaining his prime than Anakin. Thoughts, comments, concerns? <laughs> We'd love to hear them. I have no concerns, uh, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really fun question because, yeah, it, it can be a fun question of the who would win a fu- in a fight, and then that becomes like, okay, are we talking about Spider-Leg Mall? <laughs> yeah. are, we, are we talking about uh, Yoda, you know, kind of hacking and coughing in Return of the Jedi? Are we talking about High Republic Yoda? Are we yeah. talking about them in their prime? I think that's a, a really fun question to identify. Well, what is a prime? Who mm-hmm. have we seen in their prime? 
And yeah. Ken, I want to start with uh, with Jonathan's thoughts on on Anakin Vader. Do you feel like we saw Anakin Vader in their prime, or did their dance with the dark side uh, make them miss out? I, I I do think the dance with the dark side waylaid his career, so to speak. If we're looking in the, the back of baseball cards, uh, and and actually, I want to start the, your definition of or your question about the definition of prime is completely fair. I'm 15 years past my physical prime, but I think I'm five years away from my spiritual prime. So you tell me <laughs> what's happening. Five years out. I'm going to note it on my calendar. <laughs> I think I'm still getting there. Uh, so that's a, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan. So I get the prime of careers where age, uh, physical ability, stats, everything lines up. I, 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 I think that's somewhat of Jonathan's questions, but I think there's more of it too, because it is the spiritual side. Uh, to your, so to the Anakin side of it, no, I don't think we, we got there. Uh, I think he was so close. I think uh, some of the Clone Wars era Anakin was was the prime. I just still think he was a prospect in a way. He was still a sophomore player. He won the Rookie of the Year award, and uh, but they, they're still worried about he's not quite in the Hall of Fame. And I've seen a lot of players get injured, and blow a knee before they hit the Hall of Fame, or or or, or go to, you know back injuries take him out. And I, I and I think the dark side took out Anakin from his prime. His prime would have been if he if he kept going right and 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 fought versus joined yeah i agree i think we really see him in maybe his maybe a physical combat prime um mm -hmm. in yeah. Yeah. revenge of the sith uh the the way he handles uh dooku uh but i don't think that is his full jedi full force prime because it, that that's how kenobi defeats him his his arrogance uh has blinds him mm -hmm. and, and he thinks he is so much more powerful he thinks he's so powerful he cannot be stopped. Uh, and he finds out uh, very quickly <laughs> and very painfully that that, that is not the case. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I really like the picture that uh, Anakin, if he had been able to resist the call of the dark side, made a better choice, would have truly, in about five years, maybe defeated Palpatine then, the galaxy doesn't fall, Maybe he even questions the Jedi Order and walks away or demands some changes within within the Order. Um, maybe then he really becomes in his, his full force power combat, but also spiritual prime. Mm -hmm. um, and I also love that Vader is devastating. Like, almost no one can stand up to him. I love the way that he is portrayed in the Imperial era, in the Jedi Fallen Order video game, that your, your only hope at beating Vader is escaping him. Mm -hmm. uh Kanan and Ezra like the, our only hope is to get away from him uh yeah. Ahsoka can step to him Kenobi can step up to him but that's partially I think because they know him and they get him uh right. so I like the idea that I can see people making the argument of like Vader's in his prime and a great comic book moment where he's surrounded by you know mm -hmm. however many and dozens a hundred whatever uh uh of the rebellion and they think they got him and he's got that the line of i i'm all i'm surrounded by is fear and dead men uh mm -hmm. i can see people going that's prime but i feel like the storytelling has also been like it he he has to work harder uh, lucas yeah. himself has has said it he 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 lost uh, his mm -hmm. his deepest connection to the force and he is is ferocious and unstoppable as he is he's wounded and damaged and he is not at his prime yeah, that whole mechanical side of him, right? That more machine now than man obstacle to connecting to the force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I agree with that. So let's then move on to the rest of Jonathan's question. Who do you feel we have seen in their prime? 
Well, bad news, Jonathan. I, I think this is a light side leaning question, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say we've we've seen Palpatine in his prime. <laughs> uh, he won office. <laughs> yeah. Long play, but, war strategy, led to his empire, successfully isolated Anakin, defeated Jedi with a few swings. Sorry, Kid Fisto. Uh, mm-hmm. Defeated Savage Press Mall. He had a championship run, man. It wasn't a good run. We're not rooting for him. <laughs> He's the Patriots in the 2000s and early 2010s, but that, that's a prime run for me. Not what the Jonathan was asking, but I think that uh, got there. No, no, I think I think Sidious's baseball card speaks for <laughs> itself. When, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. the lightsaber—it's it's generous to call it a battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the lightsaber teaching lesson that he mm-hmm. gives and force to Maul in Savage Press in that Clone mm-hmm. Wars episode is—it's so cool. And it's also like right on the verge of it, it. You could almost turn it into a cartoon where like he stops to eat a sandwich halfway through and still <laughs> just demolishes them. One hand and like, eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's he's you know, you see those battles where like oh, there's an opening and and uh, oh, thank goodness we get we get a, a winning blow in. And like, yeah, he's showboating. And like, not only am I going <laughs> to mm-hmm. murder oppress, I'm going to do it double blade backwards. <laughs> yep. 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 True. Yep. Sorry. So anyway. Palpatine in his prime. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to go with, with uh, a couple people, but for okay. sure, Luke Skywalker. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't think we've got to see it a ton. Uh, I think we see it in the comic book graphic novel that I will not shut up about uh, rise of Kylo Ren or issue uh, bizarre, beautiful that it, it exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, filling out a little bit of Kylo's story showing that Luke had, a functioning academy, a functioning order where Jedi went off on missions. But there's there's the great scene uh, that establishes the the Knights of Ren uh, meeting them for the first time, discovering a cache of of Jedi uh, artifacts, and and the Knights of Ren are going to take them from Luke. And Luke's got that like almost uh, movie like scene of like not only. Am I going to hand you your ass, but I'm going to explain to you beforehand how I'm going to do it. I'm going to, while I'm handing you your ass, I'm going to tell you why you're losing. Just utter mastery, right? It's, it mm-hmm. isn't a question of, can I win? It, it, it's a question of when do I choose to use this awesome power that I have? I love that Luke Skywalker in his prime because I feel it does set up his story of, I have all this, I've studied so long. I'm so in tuned. I have off the chart powers, but maybe that leads to a little bit of ego. And maybe that leads to those questions of, well, even in your absolute prime, there are some things that come down to emotion and, mm-hmm. you know, are, are you, are you there for Ben Solo when, mm-hmm. when he needs you and in exactly the way he needs you and no amount of off the chart force power in your prime is, is necessarily what you need. Yeah, no, I really agree with that example. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I'm sorry I keep going back to the sports stuff, but, like, that's the thing about your prime. It do, You still got to work for it. You still got to show up and train. You still got to do it, you know, and, again, one bad knee injury and you're done. And one bad emotional decision, you might be done in your prime. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think we've seen flashes of Luke in his prime, meaning we just haven't got all the stories yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Mandoverse might be uh, to thank for some of it. I, I think him at the rescue, I think him teaching Grogu is part of, Luke in his prime. It's it, it's the beginning of the journey, maybe, and that journey to me begins in, at the end of Return of the Jedi. 
Um, that's the start of, of him uh, ascending to some sort of prime, if, if you want to look at that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad, uh, no, please keep talking about the, the Rise of Kylo Ren uh, book. It's, it's an underrated one uh, in, in terms of the Star, Star Wars storytelling landscape. And I think you see uh, it's, it's just at the right point in, in Ben's life. And it's, and it's clearly, it's the Kylo, Rise of Kylo Ren point, but you, you're, seeing, um, you're seeing Luke have a good handle on who he is and what he what he wants to do yeah and the utter power of of the light side is just absolutely great stuff in in my opinion um i also think uh you know it 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 didn't work out for him stats wise but i think i think mace windu is at the height of his his power i would Um, say mace yes no i agree with you yeah yeah i mean he gets he's uh in in terms of just combat I, i don't think many people are beating mace i know some people think that palpatine threw the fight uh knew anakin was coming um maybe maybe that is true i always interpret it as like no no mace is really good and and mm-hmm. he had palpatine uh, up against the wall and palpatine had you know in ace up his sleeve which was years of emotional <laughs> manipulation of anakin skywalker yeah. and that's what won the fight i know i really agree with that I, I think i think you saw mace in his prime and you saw the end of his prime <laughs> you saw it come crashing down <laughs> but i think that jedi we meet in 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 Phantom Menace is is um, one of the leaders for a reason, right? And 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 talked about in that way. It doesn't mean again, not not saying he's perfect, um, and that might have been part of the fault. But but I think yeah, absolutely, it, him and you know, let's not overlook Opo Rancisis. That seems to be possibly a prime. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but I don't think we got to see Teresa Nubain as prime yet. But I'd like that. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Avar Chris in the High Republic is mm-hmm. inner prime. Yep. Yep. Um, I think uh, I think Yoda's in his prime for a lot of the time we're spending with him. I think uh, maybe not entirely physically in his prime by the time of Attack of the Clones because he can still do everything he needs to do, but he is paying for it in the morning. He, yes. he is going straight to the uh, Jedi Pharmacy for some painkillers when he gets back to the temple, right? <laughs> oh, I do want to see a Jedi pharmacist now. I never thought about that. Jocasta <laughs> knew in the, in the archives and we got someone at the pharmacy. Oh, I'm sure there's like a, a, a literal force, you know, sort of a healer who helps mm-hmm. you um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. meditate the knee pain away. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Go, yeah. go ahead and go. No, you got I'm, some more? Yeah, no, I'm glad you got into the High Republic era. I think that's kind of um, the the cell of the whole era, right? It, it's a bunch of Jedi in various stages of their primes. It's the Order and, and maybe a bit of a, a prime. Uh, it's a long you know, Horde's been around a bit, so um, hard to maybe find that apex. But uh, but also, I find, I don't know about you, but I find it, this is a great question for Jonathan, but I find it hard to answer at times because to me, the goal of the Jedi is to always grow or change, right? Which mm. seems to work against the idea of a prime. Now, again, no Jedi is walking around going, yeah, I'm in my prime, I'm in my prime. It's not the spirit of, of them at all, but to, to the, be, be fair to the question. I think we've got some great examples here. Uh, Avar Chris was one I was going to say. I, I think, you know, uh, there's more storytelling maybe with Loden Great Storm back in the day, a little bit more of his prime. I mean, the, uh, our, our guy Porter Engel, man, I, I have the I have the comic ready to go. Can't wait to read it. It's, I, I, I've, I've got two large, <laughs> very expensive stacks of comics on my couch right now, <laughs> and five of them or about four of them, I think, are the, the Blade of Bardata stuff. So that, that could be someone – coming out of his prime i don't know uh it's a fascinating question but those high republic's a great era for that yeah you know what i i love about this this question of of prime is i agree with you that it's a jedi's journey to 
always evolve. And in some ways you could say, yeah, Yoda's wisdom in Empire Strikes Back, he's in his spiritual prime. Mm-hmm. He's learned every lesson he has. Uh, Terrace Nube, jokes aside, having the wisdom of his age that he can pass down to Ahsoka and see see what lesson she needs now and kindly and, and happily give it. That's a kind of prime. But I also like the the, the story of the Jedi and the, the High Republic gets into this in really good ways of we should always evolve. We should always be growing the forces forever. But it's natural that our bodies aren't. Mm-hmm. Some of us live to 800. Some of us live to 80. And there is a natural arc to our bodies. And, and they change and they grow. And often they get weaker. That is the way of things. That is the way of the force, as Yoda says, mm-hmm. about getting old yeah. in Return of the Jedi. So I think I love that idea of like, I'm, I'm still on my journey. I really can't flip yeah. <laughs> and double lightsaber the way I used to. And I could, I could still stop that rock from falling on that person, but, but I'm going to feel it more than I used to back in the day. I, I like that. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm with you. I'm with Yoda. The, my spiritual prime's still coming, I think, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the constant pursuit of, it's not the pursuit of per sec, per, perfection. It's, it's a constant, pursuit of, of your growth and your still your skills improving that that's part of it uh and, yeah. you know again palpatine got there he's probably telling you he's, he's in his prime oh yeah absolutely uh <laughs> final one for me uh are you ready to have your mind blown ken oh obi-wan kenobi uh, that's fair absolutely i think i think obi-wan is in uh his absolute prime in revenge of the sith uh mm-hmm. he he has been through the ringer with anakin in the clone wars obi-wan does not relish combat, but he's been at it and he is trained up. And then we see in his uh, sad defeat of Anakin that he also has the the wisdom to go with his uh, skills and command of the force. I really agree with that. I think I, you know, some people out there are like, ah, Joseph should answer that number one. No, this is how you take the conversation home. I do <laughs> absolutely agree with that, especially some of the stuff we got to experience in the Clone Wars series, which I'm so thankful we got to. Mm-hmm. And I'm tempted to say, to, to take my Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, fandom uh, to the edge, that he's still in his prime in the Kenobi uh, television show. That that's part of what him he's realizing of like, yeah, I'm, I'm older, but I'm not done yet. Uh, mm-hmm. His his command of the force and his connection to it in that battle with Vader makes me feel like he's still in his prime. How do you feel like about that? Am I going too far? Too far? No, 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 absolutely. I trust your take on him at all times. <laughs> uh, well, in the spirit of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I should be questioned about my love of Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Any more prime thoughts before we take a break? Uh, you know, the one we just didn't get to cut down uh, too early. Uh, Kit Fisto would have been the smile and prime. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He held out uh, against Palpatine for, I'll time it someday, 28 seconds. He did it good. He did good. <laughs> he tried. He tried. He did better than the other fellows uh, in the room there. Uh, all right. Uh, except for Mace. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with more cues of the Force. 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, we are back with more cues. This time we have two from our patrons on Patreon. We're going first to our friend Brennan Marr. Hello there, Brennan. Brennan says, hello there, Ken and Joseph. L337 is one of my favorite characters in Solo, a Star Wars story. Like so many others, I was very sad when she was killed, uh, uh, Brennan puts killed in quotes, during the mind breakout on Kessel. Our heroes, unable to save her, upload her brain into the Millennium Falcon's computer to allow them to navigate through the maelstrom and make their escape. In the years since the film's release, many fans have lamented the choice to have a character who fought so long and hard for the right to be seen as an equal to sentience uploaded 
into a computer without her consent and reduced to just another piece of technology without the ability to be free. In many cases, the blame has fallen on the shoulders of the creators and filmmakers, with many fans believing that it was unethical of them to write such an endgame for this beloved character. While I see the point, I don't entirely agree. For one thing, I firmly believe that just because a character or characters make a choice does not mean that the creators are actively advocating for that choice. Secondly, due to the chaos of the mind breakout, there wasn't time for Lando and the others to debate the ethicality of the situation. And thirdly, as we've seen again and again in recent media, e.g. The Last of Us, the MCU, Shadow and Bone, and even other parts of Star Wars, the decisions we make for love aren't always the best decision. In fact, they can be downright terrible, such as Anakin selling his soul to save Padme, being unwilling to accept the possibility of needing to let her go. Also, given the fact that L3 is a droid, there's always the possibility that her mind could be downloaded into a robot body at some point in the story. Long story short, the decision made in the movie doesn't bother me. I understand how troubling it is to many other fans, and I would absolutely love to get your thoughts on the matter. Thank you, and may the force be with you. Thank you, Brennan. Thank you for this great question, and thank you for taking the time to, to walk through it and look at it from a couple different perspectives. I think that's always great uh, when it's something like this that, that can be a lightning rod, that can have a, a strong feelings. It's important to look at it from lots of different perspectives, lots of different levels, which Brennan does so well here. So, Ken, this is a, is a big question, lots of different ways to take it. Where do you go? Um. I go, gosh, I do go a lot of spots. It's taking me back to 2018, huh? <laughs> um, and I and I, I like how Brendan phrases it, uh, uh, looking at um, other people's perspectives, even if it's not necessarily his directly. I fall somewhere in the middle of that. Here's where I'll start with this. I really, first of all, I get it. You have this droid that's about uh, droids' rights and, you know, that's played uh, differently in the movie at times. You know, um, some people, I know some friends who just thought it was uh, – making fun of people who, who are looking for those kind of rights. I, I, I did not think that was the case, but that's mm-hmm. my version of it. But I've had some kind of heated exchange actually around my fire pit about that. Um, I, I think you got to give the creators a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And and this is where I'll start, Joseph. Um, I think John Kasdan is a co-writer. I think, uh, I think learned some lessons, I think, from the, that film because Willow, a series that I really love, um, is really wonderful in, in this kind of stuff. It's really aware. It's really aware of what it's doing in a way that the L3 thing, I re- I don't, I didn't, I haven't spoken with anyone with a Kasdan last name, okay? <laughs> I really think there was a, hey, wouldn't it be cool vibe mm-hmm. to the decision that's not necessarily right. I don't necessarily think it's wrong, but it's, I, I think we're in an era now where you, you definitely have to think a little twice and, 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 and think of other perspectives. And that's why a lot of films hire uh, some folks to do that. Um, and that's not the actual job, uh, various titles of that. But I, mm-hmm. so, so I, I, again, it's, it's hard to have this conversation, not being in, in those writing sessions or anything, but I, I think there's a little bit of like, we got this cool droid and I hey, wouldn't it, uh, that sound you hear in, in the original trilogy that that's kind of her and let's do that. And, and then that, is, that didn't necessarily hit for everybody for good reason. And I, I think there were some lessons learned going on. I'll start there with that. Uh, how about that? <laughs> I'll start there. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, a hot potato. You want it? <laughs> I do. I want to, I want to burn my hands and my mouth because I'm going to mm. eat that potato. Um, I will start as always with a caveat. It, it is a complex conversation. I want to share mm-hmm. my thoughts and opinions. I fully own them as my thoughts and opinions. And I really respect that, that this is one of those 
issues that is about uh, the story inside Star Wars, but is tied to extremely important real world questions of agency perspective, who tells stories, how do we tell stories, what is the responsibility uh, of what level of sensitivity when we tell stories. It is tied to so many real world issues that I just want to have the most, uh, the utmost respect of multiple opinions and nuance within those opinions. Um, so with, with that, uh, I whispered all that into the hot potato. And now mm-hmm. uh, I'll say for myself, I, I perceive it that it's very similarly to you. I perceive it as a, a, a something that was almost created backwards of mm-hmm. uh, it's establishing canon, this fun thing that, that the Falcon has three brains, three BO's got the line in empire about the, mm-hmm. you know, the computers uh, w- weird mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, having a weird conversation with the, the computer. I don't remember the exact line in empire off the top of my head, the, the sound. And I think this is a really cool idea of like, Ooh, that'd be fun to get, to kind of mm-hmm. get a little bit into the spirit of, the Falcon's a great ship, but it, 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 there, it, it's got this, you know, adjustment to its drive. It's got this computer that really makes it as, like a living being, a creature, a character. The Falcon's a character. And wouldn't it be fun to build with that? And then mm-hmm. and they've got this theme in the, in the film that it's all about how much, how much freedom is, is possible in this era where the Empire has made kind of basic personal freedom for everyone impossible. Uh, so we get a character where, where um, the Wookiees represent that. They're imprisoned. Uh, the, ev- the whole debate about Solo keeps going, I can have personal freedom. And everybody goes, you bonkers? No, you can't. That's a ridiculous, silly thing to dream about. Mm-hmm. Um, so L3 slots into that. And then I think those things kind of marry awkwardly in the film. Yeah. That the, this robot, that that this droid that's always building to being part of the Falcon is has these these fist pumping moments. I'm so glad that we took this job as one of my favorite lines. And, mm-hmm. and that bittersweet, she found her purpose. Like I'm, f- I'm not just going to fight with losers and bars mm. about this idea. I'm going to make it real. I'm going to make it happen. Um, so I think I, I really get where that, that um, is rough for people. I think th- the scene could have been tweaked ever so slightly. So it was either, L3's idea mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. put into it or, or you, you still have it be Han's idea. So it's a hero moment for him and in Lando resists and in L3's final word is like, do it right. Mm-hmm. Or you could have even given a, any sort of nod or indication that, uh, that being a part of the Falcon is a joy for her. Uh, right. she, she wanted freedom. She wanted movement. Uh, she, she, that, that's what this ship is about. Um, Ultimately, she wants to rebel, and that ship gets to be a symbol of rebellment, of rebellion. Uh, is that is that a joy for her? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there would be there would have been lots of lots of possible ways to take the sting of questioning how L three feels about this away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I, and I think the other thing about it for me is that it isn't. Um, in isolation. I think Solo, in my opinion, is one of the best written Star Wars films. I think it fires on every cylinder. I think the ideas are crystal clear. It is fun and fast moving while for me being one of the the deepest Star Wars films, it's so zeroed in on this idea mm-hmm. of how dare you even dream of a little bit of freedom. Yeah. Um and and how does how does 
how does an impressive regime like the empire take away your freedom and by controlling access to everything that the basic needs that people have um but i think there are some blinders and i think the l3 scene is is even more challenging taken with val's fast appearance in uh, mm-hmm. fast end in the movie yeah and it, it, is there room there you know so so we we see two scenes of uh in, in this to me absolutely fabulously written film where uh it's Val's agency to choose that but it's fast and it's brutal yeah. and there's the great star wars tradition of we like that character we'd like to spend more time with them what okay nope nope <laughs> yeah um so that's my big picture thing is I adore Solo. I think it's brilliantly written. My personal opinion is I, I, I wish there'd been a little bit more nuance to both L3 and Val. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's great. I, but I, also, I, it's been a while since I've read the Solo novelization, Mer Lafferty's book. Uh, she has some some wonderful L3 stuff in there, if I recall. And and, and she has said L3 is her favorite character. I think for a while her profile picture was L3. Mm-hmm. So there's an, uh, someone else's uh, take on it as she wrote that book there. And I, I, and I think now we're getting into some of those real world conversations where I always want to make sure I'm not defending any, any decisions that require more thought or nuance. But there is a – we've changed rapidly in, in terms of audience expectations. And mm-hmm. I think that – that story, that script, which, by the way, I remember some of the rumors coming in Lucasfilm uh, that were hitting me at the old job, uh, that this is the best script we've had yet. Like, a lot of vibe for that, right? And I, I, so I agree with you on one of the best uh, written scripts in terms of its focus and what it's getting to. But it, 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 it's – if you're not uh, aware of the audience's expectations changing, um, uh, you can get a little um, – you can it can be a problem, and you can get lost in that, and you can either choose to, to – grow and 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 be better from that or or get stubborn and mm-hmm. and um i'm particularly going back to, to john caston who's an interesting cat <laughs> he's an interesting <laughs> in the interview uh for those who haven't seen the willow series i really to me and there's a bunch of people who wrote it with including uh well, bob dolman part of the original uh the movie i really think there were some lessons taken mm-hmm. from the conversation around so i really think that and i don't think that there's no interview i can point to but but I think that's part of it too, and that's what I look at it a little bit with the soul stuff, the vowel of it all too, where it's like uh, um, come up with this great scene, what a scene, and it means, and those characters have an effect on Han's life, but then mm-hmm. put it out in the public, and people go, hey, the thought from my perspective, and that's um, that's hap- that's happening, and has happened more and more and more and more than maybe maybe in uh, 1980 when old Larry sat down to write things, you know, <laughs> like I don't mm-hmm. know, I don't know, yeah, no, and I and I I think. Yeah, Kazan has the he put out. We did a whole Star Wars ranked on like all of his behind the scenes of talking about mm-hmm. um, his journey, and and he's the kind of writer who who ha- has shared his perspective, and I think he has talked about some of these. Like, here's what I would do differently. I didn't expect people to react this way, and mm-hmm. to me, it's it's a good and it's a healthy story of we all we all have blind spots, and sometimes that's why we want more voices. Um, I don't think there's any malice in, in, mm-hmm. if this doesn't work for people. I don't think there's any malice in it. I think it was a blind spot is yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I agree with them. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the argument that, that Brennan makes as well, saying that we should let characters make bad or dubious choices. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think that mm-hmm. there is uh, on all sorts of sides of this conversation. Um, Star Wars is, is in general, uh, according to Lucas, a morality tale. It's didactic. It's meant to say 
here's how here's the choices that come in front of you and here's how to make a better one <laughs> don't yeah. choose what anakin did uh hey vader's cool it's a it's a it can be a fun power fantasy you can think the rogue one scene is awesome uh you can uh, put them on bed sheets <laughs> yeah uh, it, it's fine the, the the dark side characters are cool and awesome palpatine's one of my favorite characters but at the end of the day the movies are clear about this is a bad choice yeah. and here's why and it doesn't work out so there there's star wars then there's other storytelling where for me like some of the the point of art is not it's not didactic it's not meant to be like you should be like this um mm -hmm. it is meant uh, to wrestle with the totality of the human experience including a safe place to play with mm -hmm. uh darkness fear bad choices people making hurtful choices to one another and i think it's always fine if an audience says i don't want to watch those kinds of stories but i, I don't want our storytelling to all be uh well told psas mm -hmm. of characters always making good choices so mm -hmm. i do think that it is it is just fine to to have characters make bad or dubious choices to not necessarily assign those to the creators the the nuance for me that's important is does the show or the story or the movie make an effort to frame something as a dubious choice like mm -hmm. you can just go into a movie that's just like this is an art house film and this is an exploration of fear and you're gonna watch two hours of bad choices mm -hmm. uh or there can be something like star wars that always does want you to wrestle with the choices either either impart a lesson or at least wrestle with the choices mm. and with brennan's great examples of of characters making bad to dubious choices <laughs> for love <laughs> right for love for yeah. love anakin's anakin's fall is is shown as horrible maybe not mm. everybody uh uh <laughs> receives mm -hmm. that message but that helmet coming down on him in revenge of the sith and the the horror of being trapped in these awful decisions that didn't get him anything he wanted mm. uh I, I think the story of anakin is is bad as soon as told again and again i love that brennan brings up the last of us and and i won't i won't say any spoilers i haven't played the game i just watched the television show uh there's a um a bad to dubious moral choice at the heart of the end of that show mm. Mm. and the entire sh final episode is geared around putting that on the table Mm -hmm. and and making that the point and i think uh, for me i love seeing characters make bad or dubious choices i think it's necessary for storytelling it's necessary for us to wrestle with the totality of humanity but i also think it's it's important if you intend that to frame it that way mm -hmm. and for me it, one of the things that makes me the l3 thing makes me feel like just like that was a little bit of a blind spot it doesn't feel framed as Mm -hmm. This is dubious. Should we question it? It just happens. It happens. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Absolutely. I really agree with you on that there. It goes to some of the, the changing, uh, not just changing the science, but changing of, of how things are viewed and discussed. And, and sometimes you can't help that. Sometimes I think people discuss things just incorrectly. On, uh, I go to that Kylo line in Rise of Skywalker uh, where it was, it's meant to be bad. But also just even, even form, certain forms of satire, certain forms of uh, we're mm. going to show you the worst of the worst. Uh, that's some of my favorite shows, you know, always sunny Philadelphia, Curvy Enthusiasm, Seinfeld, even back in the day are the, these are mm -hmm. horrible bleeping people. Um, but even those shows have had to learn as times have changed, society change of, um, 
especially it's always sunny. It's done, done some drastic kind of uh, perspective changes of like, oh, some, we got to be careful if you don't, if you don't, not even that the characters have learned the lessons, but yeah, like you said, the framing of it, uh, it can get misinterpreted in very bad ways um, and, and not understood. And I think, I don't think the L3 thing is in that category, but to your point of like, it was almost, you know, again, I, I think the it was like, wouldn't this be cool if dot, dot, mm-hmm. dot, and that came through and that rubbed against uh, people, understandably. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think there is, it, I, I haven't read the solo novel in a while, but I think there is also sort of the implication, like it, it isn't just like a direct one-to-one, right? It's mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a part of her essence becomes one with the, with the computer yeah. so uh you know i want to give uh, due deference to that as well i think the idea is it's it's she's transitioning into a new identity it's not just like hey i used to be in a body and now i'm a computer yeah. and uh you know perceive things exactly the same way i think there is a little bit of a of a transition um i'm also with brennan i really sort of uh, uh agree with like yeah there's always possibilities maybe maybe there's a story in the in the far future where uh they didn't have the tech to to re-download her into a body but now they do um mm-hmm. i'm always and i also think the way it's presented in in the movie solo is that's not an option it isn't like mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have a usb or, or that this would be no problem it's mm-hmm. it's death or this um mm-hmm. so i will say that for the film i think it's she's going to be gone or she's going to survive in this way that that helps us yeah mm-hmm. um and and for myself i just always I, I, in, in storytelling in general, but particularly in Star Wars, I accept tech and physics as they are presented. If there's a mm. techno babble reason they can or can't do something, I'm fine with that. It's fantasy that mm-hmm. TIE fighters make noise in space. The, the travel times are, are based on the speed of narrative that mm. I just accept the techno babble information. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, I want to wrap this up with just kind of a taking a, a step back to our personal feelings because Brennan Brennan's really walking through lots of different perspectives and sharing why ultimately he he's happy with this mm-hmm. um, with, with the L3 story for, at the end of the day for yourself as a fan how do you process it or do you like this story do you feel challenged by it where do you go with L3 story ultimately for yourself. I really like Elthry as a character. I think uh, I've appreciated her more and more. And and the, as far as the decision of these characters in the moment, um, she was shot in half. (laughs) She was shot in two. (laughs) She's on the ground. Uh, I I agree. There's not so much time. And uh, I do, uh, you know, go, you know, now's not the time to bring on the nuance stuff. You you talked about it wonderfully earlier, but just like, I, I think in the day, I really enjoyed uh, what they did with the character. I enjoyed where she ends up, or at least part of her essence, like you said. And um, it was just, I think maybe I was on the, hey, that is cool that they did that um, type of thing. Um, I, I also think this is all in, 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 in service to one character. It's Han's story uh, with everyone else around him. This is why we a lot of people want more of this era storytelling. We want more Kira we want more Orlando during this time. Um, I think you could go back and do Tobias and, and, and Val if you wanted to. Um, but at the end of the day, I really enjoyed the character and and took it as a part of a part of a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. I I have, like I said, the utmost respect for people that this really doesn't work or it really bumps for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there would have been a, a more nuanced way to do it. But at the end of the day, I I enjoy 
L3 as a character. I enjoy her story. It's tragic that she's cut down <laughs> just yeah. as she has said, I, I, I found my purpose. Uh, but to me, the film, like you said, it, it Han Solo is the main character and every other character is ultimately there in, in service of Han Solo, which is, you know, mm. e- even the Skywalker saga films that are ensembles are still like I, Han's not just there in service of Luke. He has a journey. Mm. Um, Leia is not there in service of Luke. Uh, and in this film, it's called mm-hmm. Solo for a reason. And to me, the film is ultimately about how difficult it is in this time to achieve even a tiny bit of personal freedom. And Val, and let's not forget him, Rio, mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't make it either. Val and Rio don't achieve it. Beckett mm-hmm. doesn't achieve it. Kira only achieves a hope of freedom by plunging even deeper into Crimson Dawn and, and, and trying to control the system that controls her, we kind of leave on a cliffhanger with her of like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm trapped by this. I can't walk away from this, but maybe I can get control of this. And we know from future ter- storytelling in the comic books, she does. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the story of everybody in Solo is about how much personal freedom are you going to get? And for L3, I can look at it as this sort of bittersweet, tragedy with maybe a twist of happy ending that mm-hmm. she's another character who doesn't quite achieve that level of personal freedom that she wants but i kind of have a headcanon then that she does she enjoys being part of the falcon that that she wants to travel to explore to go to the farthest ends of the galaxy that ultimately that she gets to rebel that she mm-hmm. you know that people look up see her as a part of this ship and are like that ship's going to do what it wants. It's going to defy everyone and everything around it. I have the headcanon that this is ultimately uh, joyful for L3. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would agree with that there. Yeah. But I want Excellent. more. Yeah. Give me more. Give me, yeah, give me more. more. Yeah. I don't know if this has happened in the comics, but I, I think this is the kind of thing too, like a, a follow-up with Lando, you know, communicating with her in some yeah. way would, would be interesting. Indeed. All right, any final thoughts on the L3 question? No, thank you, Brennan, for that uh, wonderful thought star. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we go on to our final question from Christopher Ferreira. Christopher says, hello, Ken and Joseph. Outside of Star Wars, my main interests revolve around cars. So naturally, the ships and starfighters of the galaxy interest me greatly. My question today is this. How would you envision your actual personal cars as ships starfighters? Mm-hmm. To demonstrate what I'll mean, I'll go first. I'm lucky to have two vehicles, a Honda CRZ that I drive every day, and a Lexus IS300 as a project. My Honda CRZ is a unique car in that it is a hybrid with a manual transmission. Damn. Mm-hmm. I added the damn. Uh, as such, <laughs> I can picture it as a ship in the New Republic era, a one man light fighter, but with an efficient hyperdrive for long scouting or exploration. My Lexus is a sporty, compact sedan with far too big of an engine in it, but it's still slow. I'm building it up for drifting, but in the context of Star Wars, I could see this being a sort of shuttle that doesn't look like much, mm-hmm. but can scoot around and pack a big punch like the Phantom from Rebels, but crossed with Din's N1. Curious to hear your answers. All right, Ken, we get to talk about cars. Uh, what kind of spaceship is your car? Well, so I have, I've mentioned before, a now 21-year-old uh, um, Ford Mustang, which was uh, a car I, I needed to get after I lost my other car. And uh, an old friend sold to me for a dollar. And it uh, feels like the N1 before Pelly and Den f- fix it. <laughs> um, 
because it can still go. I just had it in the shop on my birthday. That's what I did for myself on my birthday is I had to do, unfortunately, a large amount of repairs. And it, it can still go. You know, this is a car that years ago when it was my friend's car and I, we rode to Vegas and we got there in three hours. Uh, mm. You're not supposed to. Um, so this car has a past of it can go. And it's a nice uh, modern design, but it's still now old and, and it, it, it's like an N1. It's not as beautiful uh, as an N1 um, or as an older Mustang. But so I think it has that. And I just, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta always give it a little bit of love. And it sounds a little bit like the N1, both in good ways and bad ways. This is Din's N1. Um, so uh, oddly enough, and that would not have been, I've, I drove a sensible Camry, a boring old Camry, which would have been exactly like Christopher's talking about with one of his, like a shuttle, uh, you know, but not like, not even like a beautiful, you know, Lambda class shuttle, which are elegant despite being part of the empire. Right. Um, it just would have been like a freighter, just like a, is that a box floating through space would have been my old cars. Uh, but now here I am with a, a little bit of a relic from the past that still has a, a little bit of future left. Well, the next time uh, that I'm in your Mustang, uh, I'm going to sit on the back and I'm going to take a little control knob and I'm going to knock on the window for you to go faster. <laughs> we can do it. That top doesn't come down anymore, but uh, you know, it's one repair I got to make still. Um, yeah. yeah. But it will shake. Uh, It'll shake and shimmy. That is great. Uh, yeah, my current car, my, my wife and I's current car is a 2008 Toyota Yaris that we, we bought new in 2008. Nice. You know, when the uh, the auto uh, industry was trying to recover, so it was no interest. Uh, mm. So Got bought it. it new and managed to pay it off. And uh, it is a coveted car now. I know that there's been a lot of uh, issues with the uh, supply chain. Um, mm. My niece is, is of driving age and wants to buy a car. And, and I'm hearing from my dad, like some of the, the prices for oh. used cars. I'm just what yeah yeah i thought they were five hundred dollars and some elbow grease like, oh no 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 deeply deeply incorrect yes. uh, very expensive very difficult market um so uh, we get we get weird random offers uh, every time we bring in our, our yaris for for fixing they're like well we could uh we could fix it for this much or we could buy it from you like that's fine let's fix it um <laughs> But at this point, uh, it's a it's an old warrior. It, it, it is uh, the Toyota Yaris is a beat up old Y wing. Um, it has a little bit of pickup when it needs mm -hmm. it, but not if it's too high up in the hills. It does not like that. No, no. Uh, it's literally got some some bangs on it, some uh, some tight parking spots that have disagreed with the side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the hubcaps uh, fell off, and the dealership was like. We can put them back on, but they'll probably fall off again. So it's it's <laughs> it's not looking like a lot, uh, yeah. but it is so solid. It's so reliable. It's been such an amazing car. It, this is like the beat up old Y wing that I pat. Like I won't give up this uh, for anything, and then I pat it, and a little part of it falls off. But like, yeah, that part fell off, but still reliable. Yeah. I, lo I, well, I love that too, because you're talking about, you know, you got the car brand new, so you've seen all the eras and I know my, 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 I, this is one, a, a good friend of mine. So I've known it. I, I remember the day he bought the car. So it's like, I was on Naboo when he like, was like, look at this N1 starfighter. And now I, here I am on Tatooine. <laughs> hope it stays together. So it's a, the little, the, to go from the, the, the Y wing off the assembly line in the Clone Wars to where you are now, hoping, hoping you can get it to Dodonna's fleet. 
Exactly. Yeah, I bought it in the Clone Wars era, and it's uh, it's still gonna stand up to the Empire. Uh, yeah, I don't have a second car, um, but but my father has and, and has had for many years a 1950 Chevrolet old. Uh, I believe it was a milk delivery truck. Uh, also kind of rare. Um, and he's he tinkers with it all the time, and it it's still running. It's it doesn't even have. Um, it, light signal indicators uh you know mm. he, he does he sticks his his hand out and does a signal indication and and i'm sure at this point most people on the road are like what what does that mean is he dancing that's <laughs> <laughs> so off topic this is other center uh there there's a, a bicyclist across it over there's a weird intersection near my house that is, is kind of problematic pedestrians bicycles and cars all crashing into one of each other often and uh, a bicyclist did the old school left turn hand signal and i was just in my head i was like i'm so glad i understand that because it did just look like he was waving at all of us so i stopped but other people probably would have gone oh yeah yeah so i i don't know but anyway my, my i think my dad's gonna be around for a good long time but he's been very clear of like yeah you know if you wanted that that truck is yours uh so I, I always think ahead about uh, about taking care of that, and I feel like that's going to be like Anakin's uh, uh, spice freighter in Clone Wars: The Twilight. Mm, like, the Twilight, yeah. It's old, it's retro, not great in a fight, but it'll chug along. Yeah, love that. Love that. Yeah, great, very fun question. Thank you, Christopher. We are going to wrap up today with a Power of the Light Side segment. You know what this is by now. Uh, we put it out to patrons if you'd like to share something positive about Star Wars, a memory, an event, uh, whatever. Uh, you can share that. You just scroll down the posts section on Patreon. There's a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi smiling at the Skywalker twins. We've got a couple of great entries, so we'll be good for the next couple of weeks. But if you want to add something, I know we're lucky to have a lot of new patrons. I want to let them know that this is there if you'd like to share something. This one uh, comes to us today from uh, Joy Mayfield Stewart. I believe it's uh, Joy. It's J-O-I-E. But if that is incorrect, uh, my apologies. And please let me know. Uh, here is what they have to say. First, let me just say how much I appreciate your podcast and takes on Star Wars. It's always a great listen. My mom and dad first introduced me to Star Wars when I was only a few months old as they took me to Empire Strikes Back. But I was three when I really remember seeing it and crying when Darth Vader told Luke about being his father. Mm. On a personal note, I was horrendously bullied as a middle schooler. I would watch Return of the Jedi over and over as Luke was my hero. He was in a place where a terrible truth was revealed to him, but overcame that and even brought his father back to the light. It was that example that would help me see that eventually the light wins out and the darkness ends. It helped me get through a very dark time, and now I still cling to that. That mm -hmm. is great. Ken, what are your thoughts? Oh, I love that. And and as someone who was a few months old, seeing A New Hope with no memories of it and, and taking all this in a little bit later, I... I I love this uh, kind of shared journey just a few years ahead. Uh, yeah, man, that, that's why we're here, right? Uh, Return of the Jedi, Empire, uh, Phantom Menace, these little lessons, these little things that you apply to it. And and maybe you don't immediately pick it up on uh, on that stuff right away. Maybe you see Return of the Jedi, you see Luke, and you don't necessarily say, hey, it's, it's light in the darkness. It's that as you get older, you start to experience stuff. Or you're bullied for this stuff. You're bullied for the, what you like. You're bullied for who you are. You're just bullied because people like to bully. Uh, and, and you start to cling to these things in a wonderful way. That's why I always say these are the stories that form us. Uh, this is our culture. Uh, and I love that. And, and I always talk about the shared unique journey. We all go through this alone and we realize we're all together. There's more of mm -hmm. us. There's more of us. 
There's more of us. Yeah, very well said. This is, I think a lot of people can absolutely relate to this. I, I went to a bunch of different schools. I, I changed schools uh, probably a, a little too often and, and I had some ups and downs, but I definitely had some ones where like, this is miserable. Um, and as I've shared before, like I had some ups and downs in, in, in high school, uh, but there was a real fear of uh, letting the geek flag fly <laughs> too high mm-hmm. told the story about a, a friend finding out i had the vhs of the original trilogy and wanting to borrow them and i passed him to to him in school in a brown paper bag like a drug deal so yeah <laughs> so people didn't see me flashing my my vhs all over town mm-hmm. uh so I, I really relate to that and and luke in return of the jedi i've talked a ton about how much how meaningful that was to have somebody who was a little bit more like me than the other heroes of the 80s who was uh, uh thin and, 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 and I mean thin in terms of like not muscle bound mm-hmm. um, uh, because that that was something that I felt like I, I was not complete I was not a real man because I was not bulging with Schwarzenegger uh, muscles mm-hmm. so that's what I ta- that's what I mean when I talk about Luke being thin um, svelte uh, not mm-hmm. muscle bound uh, that meant a lot to me but even is is you know high school college early adulthood i think i gravitated a lot toward empire because it was really powerful to see look at everything luke went through (laughs) with vader look at him in pain look at him calling out to his mentor uh ben why didn't you tell me feel let down by people who needed to be there for him and then through all of that he he still made these good choices and triumphed that journey uh that's being discussed here that meant a lot to me. And I think I didn't even realize in all of my rewatches how much I was just needing, mm-hmm. needing to see my hero go through the ringer and still come out triumphant. Yeah. Again, it, it hit, it, it's hitting you even when you don't know it, right? Just building yep. you up, building you up. Yep. So absolutely great. Thank you very much for that entry. Thank you to everybody uh, for all the great questions. That is it, Ken. Where can people find us? Hey, if you'd like to find us, we're on uh, Twitter at Force Center Pod. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Force Center Podcast. And of course, YouTube, subscribe over there to get in all that wonderful things we got going there. You can find the podcast in a lot of different spots. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash for center and uh, we also would uh, love you to check out our patreon page at patreon.com slash for center follow me at ken knapsack across most social media platforms including now spoutable spoutable if you want to watch me spout is what they're calling it we'll see we'll see that goes <laughs> uh also check out my website ken knapsack.com to link to other things like my own patreon page other shows like the blathering pop rock and radio my asmr channel on youtube as well if you want to relax with sports cards it's all there for you where can they find you sir uh, I truly don't know if you're joking about uh, is posting called spouting on Spoutable or is that a joke? That is 100 percent true. <laughs> it is true and a joke at this point, right? <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, this is our time travel episode. We record this one later in the week and then post it uh, later. Uh, so maybe I'll be on Spoutable by the time this gets posted. But right now I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I have a YouTube channel. You can find all those things by just uh, searching for at Joseph Scrimshaw or just my name, Joseph Scrimshaw. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for our spaceship cars, this has been Cues of the Force.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.